Well, praise the Lord. So glad that we serve a God that hears and answers, aren't you? If you're glad for that, say amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, we continue our prayer series this morning. I wonder today, have you ever just wanted to give up? Have you ever just wanted to give up? I'm sure that there are areas of your life where things have gotten difficult and you've just decided, you know what, this is just too much. I just don't see how I can make it through another day. And we just want to kind of just give up and move on. And I think we've all faced at least that temptation. Had times when we felt like giving up. This week we had our district assembly where all 82 churches across southern Indiana came together to, uh, to meet together and uh, to worship together. Hear reports from the, from the district. And um, there's never a district assembly that goes by in the last few years where I don't think about this story. Don't think about <clears throat> what happened a few years ago. Back in 2009, uh, it, we were between sessions. I want to say it was on a Tuesday evening. We dismissed the afternoon session, had a few minutes to go and, and get a bite to eat before the evening session. And as I was walking through the parking lot of a, the, the place where we were having assembly, my phone rang. And as I looked down to my phone, it was my my son calling me. He was a freshman in high school at the time, and, and he was calling me, and so I answered the phone, and, and um, it was his second day of marching band camp, second day of marching band camp as a freshman, and he was calling his dad. He reached out to me, um, and, and I was thinking about this. Like, he had been preparing for this week of marching band camp since the sixth grade. He had decided he wanted to, wanted to play a horn and, and began that preparation, learned how to play and, and work through all of the processes with the hope that one day he would be able to get on that field and be a part of a, a great marching band. And he'd had competitions. He'd had contests. He had, uh, all through fifth, sixth and seventh and eighth grade, all of those things had happened. And, and I thought about this like but the thing was like all of them for those competitions he'd been in a chair in the air conditioning and in this week of marching band camp if you've never been around marching band they they uh, practice normally in the summertime on an asphalt parking lot with temperatures like they were yesterday humidity heat coming up off that blacktop and by the end of the second day uh, Trent was having second thoughts about this idea that he had a few years ago about staying in marching band he was ready to give up the dream because they had a great marching band would compete in Lucas Oil Stadium every year for the state finals but he was just about ready to give up on this dream because it seemed impossible. He was tired. He was sore. He felt beat up, chastised by the director even, and he was ready to quit. And so there I was at assembly. I can still remember standing beside my truck on the cell phone having this conversation with my, with my son. He said he, he really just thinks he was done. I said, buddy, why don't you just hang in there this week? Just, just hang in there, let's, let's get through the end of the week and, and then see how you're feeling and then make the decision. But don't give up in the heat of the day on a Tuesday afternoon when that's what you feel like doing. Do your best and don't give up. He reluctantly went back the next day and the next day and the next day and I got home toward the end of that week and, and I remember sitting down with him on Friday and talking a little bit and I said, how's it going? And he kind of grinned at me a little sheepishly and said, I'm glad I didn't quit. And over that whole year, as he went through marching band that year, over that whole year, um, relationships were forged with other people in the band that still last to this day. And they did make it. I think I've even got a little picture here, son, if you're here, uh, of him competing in band at, at, at the Lucas Oil Stadium. And looking back on that year, and I think if you would ask him today, he would, he would say, I'm glad I didn't 
quit. I'm glad I didn't give up. It all became a reality. His hopes and his dream became a reality because he didn't give up too soon. As we continue this prayer series this morning, I want to remind you that prayer is the key to living a victorious Christian life, to live a life of, as a Christian in victory, knowing that God is able to work on our behalf. And this morning, I want to talk to you about this idea we need to pray when we want to give up. In the words of Trent, you'll be glad you didn't quit, and everybody said Amen, right? You'd be glad you didn't quit. God is faithful and always comes through. And now I realize that sometimes it's really hard to persevere, hard to stick to it when things get tough. Jesus said it's not always going to be easy. In fact, he even said in this world you're going to have trouble. There's going to be problems that come. But I want you to also know that Jesus addresses this issue he knew that we would at times feel like giving up. Luke 18, he shares this parable with us, beginning with verse 1. Notice what it says. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show them what? They should always pray and never give up. Here's the story. There was a judge in a certain city, Jesus said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see she gets, the justi gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, Learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a decision in the end, so don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? Lord, we pray your blessing upon your word today. And we ask this morning, Lord Jesus, that you would help us not to give up but truly, Lord, to renew our confidence and our faith in you because you love and care for us. Let your Holy Spirit illuminate this passage and apply it to our lives this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This parable has always, just to be very open with you this morning, the parable has always been a little bit puzzling to me in some ways. Jesus uses a judge who, think about it, doesn't care about people and a, and a widow, right, to teach us about persistence in prayer. And I want, you to, I, want, I want to help you dissect this passage in such a way that I believe will help you to see the, a picture of God, a beautiful picture of God, and his desire for you to keep praying when you feel like giving up. So there's a few things I want you to see in this passage this morning. Pray and don't give up because God cares for you. There was a judge in a certain city, this verse tells us, who neither feared God nor cared about people. Now, all throughout this parable, catch this, and I'll be reminding you of it, but all throughout this parable, Jesus is painting a stark contrast between what's taking place in this parable with these people and who he really is and what he really is like. And so I'm going to be helping you to see that contrast this morning. He, he starts out by helping us see this judge 
and, and see this contrast between this judge and our God. Notice that Jesus takes the extreme here, and he paints a picture of this judge who didn't fear God and didn't care about people around him. Now, I don't know about you, but this is not the kind of judge that I would want to go before, right? He doesn't care about people, and he, and he doesn't really even believe in God. If I had a case to be heard, if I needed to go before a judge, I would hope and pray to stand before a judge who had at least some mercy and grace. If you're with me, say amen. Right? I mean, that's the kind of judge that we would want to stand before. But this is not that kind of judge. He was stone cold. I mean, the widow came, and she wanted the judge to listen to her dispute and give her justice. And she came again, and she came again, and she came again, and she came again to a stone cold, cruel, indifferent judge. And she had hope of getting justice. And the story tells us that because of her persistence, she finally gets it. Here's what we're told at the end, verse 7. Even he, even this unjust judge, rendered a decision in the end. Jesus is saying here that this mean, cold-hearted, compassionless, stone-cold judge, he doesn't care about the widow or her situation at all. And yet even a guy like this would finally render a decision. And if he will do that, if even this guy will do that, Jesus is saying, how much more will a God who is nothing like this judge come to your help and aid? He's painting this beautiful contrast. You see, here's the contrast. Our God is not like this judge at all, but rather he stands over here at the opposite end of the spectrum, right? The judge is stone cold, compassionless, hard, cold-hearted, and the list goes on and on and on. And yet here is our God who loves us, who cares for us, who stands full of mercy and love and grace and compassion for you and for me, a God whose love reaches out to us when we don't deserve it and draws us to himself a God who cares about you, watches over you, and is so, and so just waiting for you to call upon him. And if this judge who is the opposite of our God will finally come to the aid of people, how much more will a God who loves and cares for us hear and answer our prayers? If you're glad for that, say amen. What a beautiful picture. What a great reminder for us today that our God cares for us. Us. How do we know that? Well, first, the Bible tells us, doesn't it? Think about it. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. This is a scripture, this is a promise that we teach our three-year-old children. Cast all your cares on Him because He cares for you. I bet if you would ask Miss Rebecca or Miss Tiffany, who teach our preschoolers, they've taught this Bible verse to our kids. Why? Because at a young age, we want them to realize and understand you serve a God that cares about you. And when you have worries and problems, you need to go to Him. We learn it as children. We carry this promise with, with us, around with us all the time. We know it. You probably have it memorized. And yet, can I just remind you today? That in times when you feel like the heavens are silent, and in times when you feel like that you've prayed and you're ready to throw in the towel, can I just remind you this morning that your God, your God, He cares about you. 
He cares for you. I'm not sure I'm convincing this morning, so let me just give you another promise from Scripture. Psalm chapter 55, verse 22. Give your burdens to the Lord, and He will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. Or how about what Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 6, verse 30. Beautiful passage. That whole chapter is just beautiful. But catch this verse. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow he will certainly care for you so why do you have so little faith jesus says he cares about you the scripture promises that he cares but can i also tell you that another way that we know that he cares is because he has proven it he has proven it time after time after time after time if it wasn't for god caring how many of us would be here today you can look back on your life and you can see so many instances where God cared about you so much that when you least deserve it, he was reaching out to you, coming around you, encouraging you, providing for you. And he speaks it in so many different ways, right? Sometimes it's through scripture that we read in our devotions. Sometimes it's, it's just someone who comes alongside us and really knows nothing about what kind of day that we're having and may send us a text or a note or, a, or make a phone call and just say, hey, I'm thinking about you today. I want you to know that I'm praying for you. And we appreciate the person, but can we peel back behind that person for a moment and realize that God is using that person as a conduit to tell you that day, I care about you. I care about you. He proves it over and over and over and brings in the midst of some of those situations when we feel like giving up his peace and his encouragement to let us know he's not finished. Maybe just this week you could testify to a difficult situation or just the cares of life weighing down on you and yet somehow Jesus let you know that he cared. Let you know that he was with you. Shell and I walked through a difficult situation this week. I asked her how much I could share. I still don't know, so we're just going to let it rip. As you know, we've been fostering for two of our kiddos for about six months. In that six months, um, for whatever reason, they've never had a day in court. They've never had an opportunity for their case to be heard. And week after week, month after month, we've heard that it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It's continued, it's continued, it's continued. And so tomorrow uh, was supposed to be that date where they could finally have their case heard with the hopes of continuing to get the help that they need. Michelle and I have prayed for them across this six months and prayed for their family, lifted them up to the Lord and, and, and asked for God to work. Thursday afternoon, Michelle gets a call and they say... Um, from, this, from the state workers, and they say, we've met with our attorneys and everyone who's involved in this case, and we've decided we don't have a case. The kids will be going back home to tomorrow. And um, in that moment, you, you're shocked. You don't get it. There's a lot of questions, still a lot of questions. But we began to pray, and we began to call on people we have confidence in to pray. And... Um, we got a phone call later that night and said, hey, we're, gonna have, we're, we're having second thoughts. We're going to have another meeting tomorrow. Gave us a lot of hope. We prayed across the night, and while some things changed, the decision for them to go home that afternoon did not change. Now, what do you do? 
What do you do when you face situations that seem impossible? What do you do when you have circumstances that come into your life and you say, I just don't know why this is working out the way it is. It just doesn't make sense to me. What do you do? Can I remind you what you do? You remind yourself that you serve a God who cares. You remind yourself that you serve a God that cares not just about you, but he cares about everyone. You see, as much as I've grown to love these kids in six months, and as much as Michelle has grown to love these kids in in six months, there is a God in heaven who loves them all the more. And what we have to do is we have to have faith and believe that somehow God has a plan and somehow he's going to work all of this out for their very best, even though it doesn't make sense right now. And can I just tell you this morning, because I know that I serve a God who cares, there is no way that I'm giving up in this situation. We keep praying and we keep trusting And we keep believing and we have faith to know that God cares about us. And I don't know what your impossible situation is today, but I want you to know that no matter what the enemy may try to tell you and and no matter what things may seem like, you serve a God who cares about you. And sometimes we live out that truth by faith. Sometimes we take God's promise and we step out and say, it doesn't feel like you care, God, but I know you care. I thought I might get just a couple more amens there. He cares about you. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep persisting. Keep trusting. Keep asking Keep believing. Jesus gives this story so we will always pray and never give up. I want to encourage you, not only does he care for you, but I want to encourage you to pray and don't give up because he invites us to come. A widow in that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute against my enemy. She came repeatedly over and over and over and over again. And I want you to understand something here. This woman was not invited. This woman was not invited to come and stand before this judge. She had no relationship with this judge at all. See, in those days, what is being described here by Jesus is actually the pagan judges who would set up tents and they would move from place to place to place to place. And these pagan judges would hear the cases of the people in the, in the community. Now I want you to understand that women were not allowed to come and stand before the judge. It was the culture. Women were not allowed to do that. They had no standing in the community. If they had a dispute, they needed to ha- and they needed to have it heard by the judge, the only way that they could get their case heard before the judge would be to have their husband bring the case before the judge. That's how it worked. And even he, if the husband came on her behalf, here would be the process. When you're coming to see the judge, there would be a judge's assistants all around the tent area where the judge would sit. The only hope that you had to get in to see the judge is if you would bribe one of those assistants. So you'd have to pay off the assistants with the hope of finally being able to possibly have the judge hear your case. Everything was stacked against this widow woman. She was uninvited because she had no one to stand up for her. She was also, no doubt as a widow, very, very poor, so she would not have even had the money to bribe those that she needed to bribe. She was poor, she was helpless, and she needed help, 
and the judge didn't want her there. And yet, she kept coming, and she kept coming, and she kept coming, and she kept coming, and she kept coming day after day after day. Rejection after rejection after rejection. She didn't give up. She kept coming because she didn't know what else to do. This woman had no options. And finally, she wears this judge down, and her request is heard. Now here's our contrast. I told you there were contrasts that Jesus is painting in this story. Here's our contrast. I want to contrast our position with the position of this widow woman. She's at this end of the, of the spectrum. No invitation, right? She's poor. She has no one to stand for her, stand in the gap for her. But she forces her way in, and at the end of the day, her, her story is heard. Why? Because above all things, this, this woman knew the law and that she knew that she deserved justice. Now we're all the way over here again. Think about it. We have been invited into the very throne room of the God in which we serve. We've been invited to come. Jesus says, come to me, right? We've been invited to come to this God who loves us and cares for us. We don't have to force ourselves in. Jesus stands before us today with open arms. In fact, I believe that he begs and longs and pleads with us to come. And the reason I believe that is because talk to me this morning about the power of the Holy Spirit. The day after day after day will reach out to you when you're in the midst of problems and circumstances. And even before that, when, when we're living in a life of sin he reaches out to us and what's he do he draws us to himself why because he longs to be in relationship with his children and that that inviting and that wooing and that desire to be in relationship with us doesn't end when we're saved but it continues right he invites us this morning christians if you're here this morning and you're a christian you're a follower of jesus christ and you're and you're at a point where you want to give up i want you to know this this morning i've prayed this week and others have prayed that the holy spirit of god would come on us in such a way that we would know beyond a shadow of a doubt this morning that god is longing and hungering and inviting us to come into his presence and make our requests known one more time. The contrast here, Jesus invites us to come. The woman, she, she knew she deserved justice. She knew the law. And for us, we know the promises of God. Pastor Travis and I were talking about this this week, and he pointed this out to me. I think it's a beautiful thought that she knew the law and she knew what we deserve, but aren't you glad this morning that God has given us his promises? And when we know the promises of God, he invites us to come into his presence and we can remind not just God, but ourselves of the promises that he has in his word. God, you promised you would always be here for me. You promised you would never leave me. You promised that you would provide for me and help me. You promised God that you'd give me wisdom. And the list goes on of the promises of our God. And he invites us to come. It's an open invitation. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus, come to me. All you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me, he says. John chapter 6, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Verse in Hebrews, we talked about it, it was beautiful how God just 
kind of connected this Wednesday night in our study. This scripture came up. Hebrews chapter 4. This high priest of ours, Jesus, understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet without sin. Here's the invitation. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God that we will receive his mercy and find grace to help us when we need it the most. This judge, he didn't want the widow there. Our God longs for us to come to him. He pleads with us to pour our hearts out to him, and the invitation is always open. And he promises that when we come, we will find mercy. Aren't you glad? Find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. Our loving and compassionate and caring God, he loved us so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus. And think about this. This woman had no one to stand with her. Had no one to stand before the judge with her. I'm glad today that because Jesus came and paid the price, because the veil is torn into that we have access, and Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, he intercedes on our behalf. We don't go to the Father alone today. Aren't you glad? Jesus has experienced all that you are experiencing. Jesus knows what it's like to have the heavy weight of this world on his shoulders. He, know what it, he knows what it's like, if you think about what happened to him in the Garden of Gethsemane, to pray and not give up. He knows what you're facing. And he stands with you to intercede on your behalf. You are not alone. But we have to come to him. He reaches out his hand for us today. He reaches out his hand to you and he says, I will be with you. Just come unto me. And we have to take the choice to reach out and take him by the hand. He will intercede for us. I love the story. You've probably heard it. During the Civil War, a, a young Union officer in the army was fighting and so was his older brother and father and his older brother and father were, were killed in battle, and so this younger brother decided to go to Washington, D.C. to see President Lincoln and ask for an exemption from further service so that he could go home and help his mother and his sister with the farm. When he arrived at the White House front gate, he was told by the guard that there was absolutely no way that he would be able to see President Lincoln. And so he was very disheartened, and he walked just a few feet down the road and sat on a park bench. Not long after sitting down, a young boy came up to him. He said, soldier, you look sad. What's wrong? And the soldier decided to just pour his heart out to this young boy, tell him his story, how he couldn't get in to see the president. Little boy answered. He said, I, I, I can help you, soldier. And, he, and with that, he grabbed the soldier's hand and pulled him off, off, off that bench, and he led him to the front gate of the White House. And the boy continued to walk the soldier straight up to, to the, through the front door. And to the soldier's astonishment, they walked right past the generals and all of the officials who were there and finally reached the office where the president was working. The boy didn't even knock. He just, he just walked right on in and pulling this soldier behind him and there behind the desk sat, sat President Abraham Lincoln. The president looked up and, and looked at the boy and then the soldier and he said, good afternoon, Todd. Can you introduce me to your friend? And Todd Lincoln, the son of the president, said, Dad, this soldier needs to talk to you. The soldier pled his case and right there and then received an exemption from the president. You see, the president's son, Todd Lincoln, had opened access to his father and made a way for this soldier's case 
to be heard. I want to remind you this morning that Jesus Christ came to this earth. His Father sent Him to come and to, and to live and to ultimately give His life on the cross for you and for me. And today He reaches out His hand to, to us and he, His desire is to bring us right before the Father in heaven who loves and cares for us and who wants to work on our behalf so that we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that no matter how bleak the picture, no matter how impossible the situation, our God is able to work we have access to him if you're thankful for that say amen this morning what keeps you from coming what, what holds you back don't give up this morning he's reaching out he invites you to come and then I want you to see that we need to pray and don't give up and when we do God is honored look with me verse 5 the judge ignored her for a while but finally he said to himself I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant request. Here's another one of those extreme contrasts, right? The judge was going crazy because this woman would just not quit. She was, all, she was always wearing him out. But I have to remind you today that our God is on the other side, and he loves to hear the prayers of his children. Isn't it good to know that you'll never drive God crazy? You never drive him crazy. You're not going to wear him out. He never gets frustrated and says, oh boy, here they come again. Never once does God say that. Jesus said, verse 1 is so important for us to latch on to. Jesus said this, that they would always pray and never give up. We cannot wear him out with our prayers. And I want you to understand this truth this morning. The truth is this, God longs for us to come again and again and again. Sometimes we take this attitude, well, I've prayed about that, and, and so, you know, God is God, and he's going to do what he's going to do, and so I just kind of leave that lay. Now, surrender is one thing, but bringing it back before God and say, God, I just want you to know that this is still on my heart. I'm trusting in you, but God, I'm lifting this need up to you again and again and again. That's called persistence in prayer. That's called saying, Lord, I trust you with this. I have faith in you, but I want you to know I'm trusting you to work. I'm trusting you to work. I'm trusting you to work again and again and again. And when we pray that way, can I just tell you, it honors God. It honors God when we pray that way. You know what we're saying when we pray that way? Here's what we're saying. God, where else would I turn? God, I lay this before you again today because I don't have anywhere else to go. God, I lay this at your feet this morning because unless you work, this is an impossible situation. I'm just telling you this morning, i got two little kids that I place before Jesus today and say, Jesus, you're their only hope. And some of you have relationships just like that. Jesus, you're the only hope. And here's the problem. is so often we pray for a little while and then we feel like, well, God's definitely not going to work here. And we get our hands back on things. And we stop praying about it. We stop persisting in it. I want to tell you this morning that God is honored by our faith when we keep praying and keep praying and keep trusting and keep believing until either God speaks to our heart and gives us such clear direction that we do something or until Jesus steps in and works as only he can. And when we pray like that, it brings glory and honor and praise to God our King. He's honored by that. Notice that very last verse talks about faith. It says, 
But when the Son of Man returns, and of course, remember, this is in context of praying and not giving up. When the Son of Man returns, will he find on the earth, will he, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? What's that talking about? It's talking about saying, God, there's nowhere else to turn. God, my only hope is in you. And the reality is this, even if there are other places to turn, our only answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Too often we find ourselves chasing down other trails that, that only lead us the wrong direction, and then consequences begin to happen, and those consequences last forever. When what we need to do is just keep our eyes on Jesus, who knows exactly what we need. When Michelle and I, we just started serving in ministry 20, over, a little over 20 years ago now, we were serving the church in Mooresville as children's pastor, very part-time. Very part-time pay, very full-time responsibilities. Um, and I was working full-time in Terre Haute. So I was driving back and forth, I think I've shared that before, but driving back and forth about two and a half hours on the road every day. And over a period of months, that began to really weigh me down and wear me down. And after we'd been doing that about nine months, I, I just really began praying, Lord, I, I really just, I need you to provide for me a job up here in Indy so that we can get settled and so I can just have a, two and a half hours a day back in my life and be able to spend time with my kids. And I began to pray about that and pray about that and pray about that. And as I prayed, the heavens were just silent. I sent out resumes. I did everything I knew to do. And no answer came. The temptation was to force the issue. How many know how to force the issue besides me? The temptation was to force the issue. The temptation was to try to make things happen. And yet I just... As much as I wanted to continue to pray, God, you know, God, we have nowhere else to turn. We're trusting in you, and we waited on him. And by the way, it didn't wear him out, and it didn't drive him crazy. Thank you, Jesus. One night in prayer, I sensed God speak to me and say, you're praying for the wrong thing. You're praying for a different job up here, and that's not what I want for you. I want you to call Pastor Latham and ask him if you can help him. Now, Pastor Latham was pastoring the Carbon Church. If you were here in the last couple of weeks, you saw a picture of the church that after 20 years of us being gone has just recently closed. That was the church where this man pastored at the time. And the Lord had laid it on my heart to call him. And Pastor Latham was pastoring that church. That church was located 10 minutes from where I worked. 10 minutes. I had a great job. 10 minutes from where I worked. And I began to wrestle with the Lord. Lord, it feels really weird to call up a pastor and say, can I help you? And the church is running five or ten people. Like that felt really weird to me for a whole lot of reasons. But I was so impressed over the series of a number of days praying, and I, I just got to the point where I was miserable. And finally one night I made the call, and I said something like this. Hi, this is Brian Rogers, and I just wanted to see. I'd filled in before, for him before when he was on vacation a, a year or so before this. I said, I just wanted to see if there was anything that you needed help with or ever any way I can help you by filling in for you if you would just let me know. And that's what I heard. And I'm going, oh, no. I've gotten this all wrong. He said, um, Brian, he finally broke the silence, said, Brian, have you not heard? I said, heard what? He said, I turned in my resignation three weeks ago to retire. And I think the plan is that they're probably going to close this church because they don't know who would come and pastor it. They're only run, running a handful of people. Would you be interested in coming and, and pastoring this church? Because I can put you in contact with the superintendent. 
And over the next few weeks, God began to just orchestrate a series of events that only he can do. After all those months of waiting, it was like in the series of that week, door after door after door after door began to open for us. And within 10 minutes of the good job that I had, by the end of the next month, I was pastoring this small little church. I share that with you to say this. During those months of prayer, God was preparing us and preparing the other situation while we persisted in prayer day after day after day. God was working his timing out on the other end. See, I want to remind you today that God's delays are not a sign of inactivity, but normally a sign of preparation. See, we interpret delays as God's not doing anything, and the reality is God is always working behind the scenes in ways that we can't see, nor do we know. And that's where faith comes in. That's where we step out on faith and believe that, God, I don't know what you're up to, but I'm trusting day by day by day as I'm asking that you are doing what only you can do. And when we persist in prayer, and when we do what God tells us to do, don't give up, keep trusting, keep believing, God is honored. I hope today by sharing this story with you 20 years later that God is still being honored by what he did. See what I'm saying? When God works in this way in our life and you share that story down the road, you bring honor to God again and again and again and again. Why? Because he is the only hope and the only way this is going to work out is if God steps in. And when we pray like that and we believe like that and we trust like that and we live like that, here's what happens. Our life will over time begin to tell a story in such a way that we're not magnified. Our God is magnified. And I want my life and I want your life to magnify the greatness and the goodness of the God in which we serve. And the only way that can happen is if we pray and don't give up. Is if we pray and don't try to jump in the middle of it. But we say, God, I know you care. God, you invite me to come day after day after day. And you're nothing like this judge. And, and Lord, I don't want to find myself in the situation like the widow, but Lord, I want to see you for who you are. And I want to accept the invitation. And as you reach out your hand, I want to come to you again and again, and again, and again. I close with this verse, Luke chapter 11. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Don't give in to the temptation to give up. I want you to be able to look back on this season and as Trent said, say, I'm so glad I didn't quit. I'm so glad I didn't stop. But Lord, I'm glad I persisted in prayer. Today, he's reaching out his hand to you. He's reaching out his hand right now. He's drawing you. He's wanting you to come. I'd like for you to stand with me this morning. Pastor Travis is going to come. Let's bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful this morning. We're so blessed, Lord, by your presence today. Your spirit is here. Lord, the reality is this morning, only you know. Lots of times we put on a really good front that everything's okay. 
But the reality is this morning, there's no doubt in my mind that this, this message is ordained by you. And so that tells me that there are people here this morning who, have, who are tempted right now in this moment to give up. And Lord, I pray this morning that you would help us to see in our heart and in our mind's eye this morning that hand stretched out to us individually this morning desiring for us to put our hand in yours for you to draw us close. So right now in this moment, Lord, draw us close to you and give us the courage that we need to come and to call out to you in prayer today. We love you, Lord. We praise you. As Pastor Travis sings this morning as the altars are open.